There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Hire for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Assemble. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and once again, I was I was feeling a little poor last episode. Thank you to Peaches for taking over for me, but I'm feeling much better today, as I can hope you can hear in my voice. I've got Peaches and Chris back with me. Chris, Peaches, what's up, guys? I thought you were just blaming me for your sickness, the way that you said that. Like, I was feeling poor thanks to Peaches. I, I should, my bad. I he was poisoned feeling, the water. I, I was feeling down because of my sickness. I oh. was down with the sickness. <laughs> oh, oh. Hi, Chris. Hello. What's going on? Uh, you know, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going to have down with the sickness stuck in my head for the rest of this. Uh, it's better than Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> I, don't I don't like this. this. Chrissy, wake up. Wow. Somebody yeah. mash those up. <laughs> is that is that your Vecna song down with the <laughs> Can you imagine? Like you're floating in there, all of a sudden you start hearing oh, ah. <laughs> it, No, could you imagine? I it's like told you. it's like can you feel it? I was really sad to see that Wild Wild West was not on my Spotify playlist, nor oh, was man. Hardware Store. Sad. I, oh, that's a song that would rescue There's me. no way yeah. if you're in a dream and Hardware Store, it doesn't matter who you are or if you've heard the song or not. If you hear Hardware Store while you're dreaming, you now know you're not dreaming anymore. Uh-huh. It's just percussion with, with tools. Hey, speaking of uh, Stranger Things... What is with like the last couple of days as far as content goes? I feel like we're just in a gold mine of stuff right now. Between like like I woke up this morning, I watched the boys episode seven. During my lunch, I watched the first episode of the last two Stranger Things, and then obviously Ms. Marvel. And also Umbrella Academy has been great. Hmm. And also, also the Cuphead DLC just came out. It's not a thing we watch. Oh yeah, but there's just I'm not going to spoil any of these things. Sorry, like listeners. Sorry if I scared you. There's just so much stuff right now. I finished the Cuphead DLC yesterday. Already? Yeah. Uh, How many? Bo- Wait, you said it was like aisle three, but there's that many. There's that much content. You already finished it? Yeah, I've played a lot of Cuphead, man. Was it <laughs> difficult? It was very difficult. One of the boss, two of the bosses are maybe the most difficult bosses I've ever had played against, and it's not the final boss. I don't think the final boss is actually that difficult at all, but the two before him, there's one that is like like a cow from the Wild West, and it's the only plane mission in that Wiki, one. Wiki, exactly. And that one is like the like the robot doctor, I forgot his name. Yeah, um, Dr. Cow. It's that levels of hard. Oh, that one's tough. Uh, uh, maybe even a little harder. It's very difficult. Oh. Um, and then there is another one that is a plane mission but it's you are on standing on a platform and it's like a small platform that is a plane and depending on where you stand on the platform the plane will go to the left and right of the screen oh that's cool and then you have a boss that is in a plane of their own that you are shooting at throughout the whole time that sounds tough Uh, and then there is a surprise that I won't spoil at the last phase of that boss that makes it ten times more difficult and uh, a little not sickening but like gives me a little bit of vertigo Oh, cool. Mm. Great. But it's very fun. There's also a secret boss that no one knows about. Well, you know about it. I know about it because I found it, but there's a secret boss. That's cool that they added one because they have one in all the other aisles. No, I mean like a secret boss. 
like a boss that is not a secret phase of a boss, but a secret boss that is not on the map, but if you can do the puzzle to find them, uh, there is a secret boss. We like that. That's great. Yeah. It's well, like an escape room, but you get to play more Cuphead. Yeah, and then they've got Miss Chalice, who is like, you would think she plays like Cuphead uh, or Mugman, but she has her own style of play. She's really cool. She, um, it's kind of weird. She has a double jump. And she also doesn't parry the same way. She parries when she dashes, not when she jumps. Oh. Oh. She also has an invincible role. Like that thing in Hades, uh, the Athena's dash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So playing as her really changes the way you look at different... Do you have to? Do you cool. have to play as her in the new aisle? No, you have okay. the option to, but it feels like you almost like want to. I almost want to play the full game through. Okay, actually, it, that makes me want Cuphead and Mugman to have their own thing because they they both play exactly the same. Same, yeah. yeah. They should they should all be unique. Can you, know, you go back and play the old levels as Miss Chalice? Yes, you can. Cool. And there are also new weapon upgrades as well as new uh, charms. All right. But so, do, do the charms matter? There's smoke bomb. Uh, I don't think I mean, the charms matter as yeah. much. No. Um. Well, and the Miss Chalice, her to play as her, you have to equip a charm, and that turns you into her. Oh, so gotcha. she doesn't have access to a charm, but she has her charm is double jump then, and she has an invisible roll. Yeah, she does a roll and then she's invincible when she's yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's kind of cool then. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah, I uh, I th- feel like we're doing recommend recommendations early, but my recommendation is going to be get Delicious Last Course for Cuphead because it's so good. And if you haven't played Cuphead at all, God, that game is. You can remind them again at the end. Yeah, I tell you, I, if I was going to list my top favorite games of all time, I think Cuphead might be towards the top of that. You like, have I listed think. those. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I would <laughs> I think I would redo the list and Cuphead would like absolutely make the cut along with a few others. And I think I've yeah. I think I've rearranged the list a couple that like I think I feel like save for one or two games, Cuphead would be up there. That made my top ten last time, I think. Yeah. I think it was at least an honorable mention for you. Yeah, I think so. It's good stuff. It's very good. You know what else is very good? Miss Marvel. Episode four, we're gonna be talking about seeing red. Seeing red. Yeah, right off yeah. the bat. I thought about you. Yeah. I was like, wait, there it is. Turning red, seeing red. The show has kind of gone in a different direction, but there are some similarities too still, I think. There are still some similarities, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's directed by Charmaine Obaide Chinoy, and the teleplay is by Sabir Perzada and AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey. Story by Sabir Perzada once again. Uh, WGA crediting rules are complicated, apparently. Yes, they are. The director is an Oscar winner. I'm trying to... I, I meant to look this up before uh, what she won an Oscar for. Yeah, the director of this episode. Oh, she won an Academy Award for Best Documentary Short Subject in 2012 for Saving Face. So, yeah, the director of this episode, Academy Award winner. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, Chris, um, the person who wrote the synopsis is the same, Marvel.com. Yep. Uh, what is her name? Rachel Page. Rachel Page. Rachel Page. Thank you, Rachel, for all of your hard work. You're an honorary... Uh, assembly required if rachel post. page literally ever and like i don't know anybody who listens to this that knows rachel page <laughs> you're like pals with her that writes over at marvel.com but if you do i mean you can tweet at her if you she want. she is welcome on this show anytime she wants yeah for real you're great thank you rachel thanks rachel, rachel. this one's for you do the rules of grounding stretch to international waters kamala khan is asking for a friend and the friend is her she and Muniba are 30,000 feet in the air, traveling to Karachi, and it's safe to say that the international flight has been 
tense. The poor, unsuspecting passenger in the middle seat between them has no idea the world of trouble Kamala has recently caused her family, but hearing things like, ruined your brother's wedding certainly cues him in. Muniba is still pretty upset with her daughter. It also doesn't help that Kamala has been texting Nakia nonstop and hasn't received a single reply. Do you know the Jungle Cruise used to be intense? What happened? I'm not sure. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) They don't float. That makes sense. They switch to boats. I was acting dumb for the bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually why they had to get on a plane, too. Oh, yeah? Tents don't fly. Oh, that's true. Acting dumb for the bit is just what I say all the time to get myself out of trouble. It's my secret. It was a bit, I swear. I'm dumb. Finally, <laughs> on the ground, Kamala is overwhelmed by the sights and sounds of the bustling city around her. Waiting at the airport are her cousins who have come to greet them and one very special guest, Sana, Muniba's mom and Kamala's grandmother. Sana is elated to see her granddaughter, bringing her in for a hug and a kiss and immediately offering up the jewelry on her wrist. As for her reunion with Muniba, it's a little colder. She wonders if her daughter is on another weird diet. The three women pile into the car and head off for Sana's house, a sprawling estate to the city chock full of family history, knickknacks, and Sana's artwork. As she tells Kamala, so much of her family's history was lost during partition, so she wanted to record some of it as best she could. Art seems to be the perfect medium. Sana shows Kamala a painting she did of her mother, Aisha, done off memory since she can barely remember what the woman looked like all those years ago. For Kamala, this is a great segue into asking about the bangle. Why did Nani send it to Kamala in the first place? Am I a jinn? Kamala asks hesitantly. So I wanted to talk about the bangle because I found a spoiler. And it's not from where you might think. Oh. So I don't know if you guys saw, and I know you did, but there was a video released of Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) And they are on this Disney cruise ship. And... um. They talk about Ant-Man and how he, why he doesn't, why he didn't shrink down to microscopic size, yes. go up Thanos' butt and, and, and enlarge himself again. Uh, I still can't believe that that. Incredible. Yeah, incredible I, that they, they ended I'm up going so back. happy. <laughs> There's a second part to that. Mm-hmm. There is a film that takes place right afterwards of a battle on board the deck of the cruise ship. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is there. Yes. In full costume. Spoilers once again. I don't know if this is really a spoiler. She still has hard light powers. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're going to get her in beginning. She also still has the bangle on her wrist. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So once again, even if she does lose it during this show, she will will get it back. You Mm -hmm. know what, though? Hulk wasn't in the, uh, or Hulk was in the battle for Wakanda, and then he wasn't in the movie. So maybe once we get to. You mean like the trailer? Yeah, yeah. Hulk, you think they're gonna? You think they're faking out that cruise ship? Maybe well, the, they have that as the video right now, and then two weeks from now, when the last episode drops, they'll switch it over to whatever. Also, no, I'm not saying that she's gonna get stretchy powers or that she's not gonna keep the bang, the bangle, but the theme park canon and the MCU canon are separate. Ah, theme park canon super based on the MCU except for nobody died apparently which is why Tony Stark is still around but apparently they did fight Thanos I don't think we can necessarily take cues but I think probably in that regard I bet she will still keep the bangle yeah I don't think we're I I think it's fine not to take like story beat cues like Mm -hmm. it doesn't break the lore of the MCU for something to happen on a cruise ship 
Yeah. However, I think something as baseline as what her power set is. Oh yeah, I don't. And, I don't and, think that's changing. Like right. I think that, that is. Okay, fair. That makes sense. Also, They've already used the hard light in interesting ways, like with her like making a shield when daggers right. getting thrown at her. So I would be surprised if they're like, you can't do that anymore. Right. I think they're really trying to make the hard light for like yeah. her own thing. If theme park cannon was a ride, would you ride it? Yeah, why not? My favorite theme park cannon is the one that the Swedish chef has in Muppet Vision. Mm, smart, <laughs> smart. Yeah. True. That was actually, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it was a nickname I gave myself on my wedding night. Of course. Okay. Bork, bork, bork. Of course, Sana replies. At least that's what my father told me. With this, Kamala freaks out, wondering how her grandmother can be so calm about this. But Sana doesn't see what all the fuss is about. It's just genetics. Genetics? genetics. Hey! We didn't plan that. <laughs> I said that out loud. <laughs> when they said that line, I went, ha, genetics. This is all neither here nor there, as Sano wants Kamala to focus on the important things. The last time the Bengal was used, it saved her life during partition. She once again retells the story of how she was separated from her father on the train platform, but somehow found her way back to him via a trail of stars. And now that Kamala is here in Pakistan, they can all figure out what the train vision means together i'm sorry whenever they say trail of stars i think of hill house you never let them take your trail of stars oh yeah, yeah. your cup of stars yes yeah that's close enough mm-hmm. trail of stars cup of stars potato tomato but bottle of stars trail yeah. of stars jar of hearts sky full of stars sky full of stars yeah. kamala's still confused though she doesn't understand what's going on, and she feels like she's breaking more than she can fix right now. Sana isn't phased by her granddaughter panicking. She knows that eventually she'll see some beauty in all of this. It might just take some time. Retreating to bed, Kamala has dreams about everything that's happened the past few days. The fight with the clandestines, the train, Bruno getting hurt. She's shaken awake by her cousins who are eager to get a jump on the day and head out to lunch. Unfortunately, no one told Kamala that jeans and an AvengerCon t-shirt were not suitable for lunch in Karachi, and she's feeling the heat from both her whole family, the weather, and the spicy food. Her first day in the city is a struggle. I have a question. Yes, Chris? How many websites have, because I haven't looked, are going to be putting out clickbaity things whenever anyone in the MCU has a dream from now on, talking about, oh, it's the multiverse. Because in Multiverse of Madness, they're like, whenever someone has a dream... I forgot about that. Yeah. That's going to make me really mad if people just can't use... Let a dream be a dream. uh, So Multiverse of Madness is on Disney+. Plus. I haven't watched it again yet, so I've only watched it that first time. And honestly, Mm -hmm. the only things that are currently stamped in my brain are all of the shocking moments that happen in that movie and almost nothing else. Yeah, I forgot entirely what you were just... While you were saying that, I was like, what is he talking about? Same. Yeah. I was like, this has nothing to do with Mr. Fantastic turning into spaghetti. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I think we're in fine spoiler I think alert. It's territory. on Disney Plus. I think we're and fine. We're, we're doing a Disney Plus show. Yeah. yeah it's I think there. we're fine. Uh, I think we even said before, um, like in Moon Knight, that we were. There's no spoiler ban for. Yeah. Yeah. When I accidentally say something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mr. Fantastic spaghetti. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. After lunch. Her cousins take her on a heritage walk, but she's not too enthusiastic about seeing the sights. When her cousins suggest meeting other friends for coffee, Kamala sends them along without her. She wants to go check out the train station instead. 
Karachi Station is bustling with people, but it's the fenced-off side, which is closed for renovations. That catches Kamala's eye. I said that weird. She slips past the barricade and on the other side puts on the blue mask that Bruno gave her. Kamala stops in front of a mural of Ant-Man. You can start small and still be larger than life. You know what I love about Kamala Khan? How much she loves Ant-Man. Yeah. It seems like if Captain Marvel is her number one superhero, right below it is Ant-Man. And I love that. I I think she's wise. I (laughs) relate very heavily to that. She's got the badass at number one and the comic relief badass at number two. No, just the best. He's just the best. It's Paul Redman. Come on, he's the best. The best around. Sweep the leg. Johnny. (laughs) When out of nowhere, a dagger appears on the wall, barely missing Kamala. Did you just spit? What was was that? That was supposed to be a dagger. It did not. (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) Edit that out, pages. (laughs) Maybe. Is there a spittoon in here that I'm aware of? Here comes a dagger. (laughs) (laughs) I would like... I would like to review the sound before I make a decision to edit it out. Look, I'm not Michael Winslow, all right? I do my best. Carl Winslow? No, that's somebody else. Steve! The pirate? What? Startled. (laughs) Kamala turns around to find a masked man opposite her, and before she can fully process what's happening, the two are tussling back and forth. When Kamala asks if he's been following her, he answers that he sensed the Noor as the two trade blows. And teenage insults back and forth. All right. I like this show a lot. I do. Mm-hmm. I really like this show. I really like this episode. I do, I do, I do. Except I think their dialogue here isn't my favorite. Hmm. Where he's like, where'd you learn those moves? I forgot exactly what he said. And she's like, where'd you learn to jump like that? Ninja Turtles? And it just... Where'd you learn? Donkey Kong? Yeah. What if oh, I'm yeah. from Canada? Yeah, just all of that, just, it, it was just a little, you know. It feels like like young kids that aren't good at insulting people trying their best. Maybe, or it sounds like young writers who aren't good at writing trying their best. I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I also find it very believable that like two people that are kind-hearted and don't really know how to... Because Kamala's not really the insult type of person. So when she's fighting a person for the first time, I, I it's believable that she doesn't come up with a good zinger. I think Donkey Kong is a hero, and it would be an honor to be compared to him. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Do you know how many times he saved Donkey Kong Country? That is true. Unless you play as Diddy, then he had nothing to do with it. Well, I mean, he has his own rap. That's true. Oh, that is true. And he has uh, what is objectively the best Nintendo 64 platformer that has ever been made. No, 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 no. No, yeah, it is. It's objective. No. And the world agrees. <laughs> we all we all, we all, all agree. Oh Every single God, one of no. us agrees. Okay. There's not a single person that disagrees. Donkey Kong you 64 will not look at Chris in the eye right the now. superior. <laughs> You're just not looking at it. It is the superior. My recommendation for the week is Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> now available on the Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Damn. You know, now you just reminded me of that remix that Danny sent us the one time of the DK rap on top of One Winged Angel. <laughs> DK, DK, DK. <laughs> so he's here for you. Know the words. Join have we already put that Donkey in a, Kong. Have we already put that in a post credit? I think we might have. Oh, damn we it. definitely have. Yeah. Uh, curses. Foiled again. During a lull in the fight, the masked man realizes that Kamala isn't a clandestine and asks how she got the bangle from Aisha. How do you know about Aisha, Kamala asks back. Security guards at the train station finally spot them. 
realizing neither is a fret to a fret a, fret. a threat neither of them are a neither component of, them, of a guitar neither of them fret the other uh the Me. masked man kareem takes kamala to a secret hideout for the red daggers aluma what <laughs> there it is there at least one an episode i guess <laughs> <laughs> They're so obscure. <laughs> That's your tattoo. I'm saying I'm getting this. I'm getting the surveillance stork. You're getting a Luma Woody. Yeah, I'm getting a tattoo from the Marvel movie that I left. Going, did I like that or not? You did this to yourself. <laughs> well, the Red Daggers are a group of warriors who tend to stick to the shadows. There, Kamala meets Walid, the leader of the Red Daggers, who offers up an ominous message. When you're ready. We have much to discuss. Let's fly to Agrabah. <laughs> or as Jeannie likes to say, <laughs> Why are we doing it? I don't know. <laughs> you, guys, you guys took it, That's man. as Good far as you. I can take it. Manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo. Cuidado, beco de pecaninos. Yeah, those damn pecaninos. <laughs> <laughs> Little kids, Pecanino. We're laughing way too much. This whole episode is just going to be us laughing. If you could see me right now, I have just I have the most cry cry baby face because I have been cry laughing the whole time we've been in this room. Uh, we have fun. To start, uh, the red daggers protect people from the threats of the unseen, which Kamala immediately suggests might be the jinn. But not so fast, as Walid explains, if Thor landed in the Himalayan mountains, he too would have been considered a jinn. For the Red Daggers, the word is simply used to explain anything out of the ordinary for this world. Now, as for the clandestines, uh, that would have been that would have been following Kamala. It's easiest to show Kamala, and it's probably better if Walid explains it, as he tells her. The clandestines and Aisha are from another realm. There are many dimensions around us that we cannot see, and this is just one of them. And this is Aisha's home. It's connected to our world, but hidden, behind a veil of Noor that separates our world from them. Kingdom Hearts is light. I would like to ask, uh, pose a question. Poser. Um, so, Shang-Chi, there is that other dimension. Are other dimensions different from the multiverse? Does like each universe have multiple dimensions within it, like like um, the afterlife and all those things? Like, are all those dimensions like different planes of existence that exist within this one universe? But then you go over to this other universe, and they have their own Nor dimension and their own wherever it was. Shang Chi's family's from. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, am I thinking too hard about it? Because they're going to be pushing the multiverse, which going to means. Then we have to ask these questions. We don't okay. have to ask these questions. No, hear me out. We've been saying for months that they're going to be pushing the multiverse. The multiverse is all they're going to be pushing. We have had two multiverse movies that neither really actually pushed the multiverse. Yeah. Are they even pushing the multi pushing the multiverse anymore, or is it just something that's kind of come up because a few movies have taken the same topic? Well. It's- I guess if you're ordering some multiverse, I'll have some of yours. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like how 
don't know if you saw this the other day, but Kevin Feige was like, oh, I think you'll have an idea of where we're going eventually. And then immediately Secret Wars was trending. Right. And I get that. Yeah, they mentioned incursions in Doctor Strange. Um, I'll save these thoughts for my do- for the Doctor Strange episode. You know, a classic assembly required. We'll talk about it later. Um, Everyone drink. But yeah, I'm I'm already fatigued by the multiverse, even though Marvel has not done anything wrong with the multiverse yet. I'm already fatigued because as far as I'm concerned, No Way Home was the best possible MCU multiverse story. <laughs> and I, I, I don't need things getting overly complicated. I think a big problem with the whole multiverse thing, and we are seeing it right now, is that every story in the comics are like this, and that is why comics are separate, and you could have multiple stories, and they can be explained in different ways, is that this type of thing, similar to time travel, is very hard to explain, Mm -hmm. especially in more than one film. Yes. Oh, we're going to talk about that later, too, in this episode. Absolutely. So it is very difficult for them to say, get all of their directors in a room, all right, everybody? We're going to teach you how the multiverse works so Mm -hmm. that when you do it in your movie, it makes sense. Yeah. Because, like... The writer's room at Loki might have had one set of rules for how time travel and multiple universes work. I forgot about Loki worked. and how it was a multiverse thing. Um, but then, <laughs> you know, the writers of Endgame had their own rules for time travel. Yep. And perhaps Miss Marvel has its own rules. Yeah, Loki was time travel and multiverse. Yes. Which is, I think, what has complicated it in some people's minds. Uh, I still have, you know, very strong feelings about a lot of this. But it, it's just, I don't know, because it, it seems like there are alternate universes, other dimensions, and alternate timelines, and they're not all necessarily the same thing. Yes. I feel like they have like a don't talk about Bruno rule in the Marvel writers' rooms where they're like, people are going to ask all these different questions. Shut up. We don't care. Yeah. Like, yes, we know they're going to ask those questions, but there's nothing we can do about it. We need to tell this story. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, is it worth exploring that? Like, do we need to wonder if there is a Noor dimension in every multiverse yeah. that we've ever visited? Is there a separate one? or is Because that's like just a lot of thinking. I'm not saying I don't want to do it, but I don't want to do it. And like you said, Eduardo, it, it's like, it's one thing when, you know, when you do time travel, you need to have consistent logic within your movie, within your story, which is why Back to the Future can deal with time travel one way, and Endgame can deal with it in a different way, and they both work. You can't be like, well, that's not how it worked in Back to the Future, because it's Back to the Future, this is Avengers. That's different. That's fine. But when you have a sprawling mega franchise that's made up of crossovers and everything, and suddenly you know, you're know, you going to have people saying, well, this doesn't make sense because in this other movie that the, none of these characters were in, it was done this way. How come it's happening this way now? I'm not saying it's wrong. I think that the people telling the story should be able to do whatever they want. Whatever works best for their story. I'm a, I'm a big believer in like if it feels right in a story, then it's probably fine. You know, you can bend some of the rules a little bit, but like I Beckham. Th- yeah, exactly like Beckham. Uh, <laughs> but I also know that that is not how a lot of people consume media, unfortunately, and that's why you have people saying, "Hey, did you know Indiana Jones doesn't affect Raiders of the Lost Ark at all?" Because people look at things as like, you know, I've said it before where it's like they look at a movie or a story as a plot delivery service and everything has to, oh, here we go. Here's my example. The person that was like, 
Um, Last Jedi is objectively bad because they showed one scene happening two different ways uh, because one character remembers it one way and another character remembers it another way. And you shouldn't put things on film that didn't actually happen. Now, taking aside the uh, obvious thing of most movies are fictional, so none of it happened, the idea that, no, you should never visually uh, represent in your film like unreliable narration is absurd. It is absurd to think that, you know, like if someone is telling you a story and we decide to show it to you happening on screen and it turns out that's not necessarily the way it happened in real life in the story, that's crazy. So there is just no, almost no such thing as like media literacy anymore. (laughs) Critical thinking when it like, did none of these people pay attention in English class is what I want to know. Sorry, I'm getting heated about a bunch of other things right now. I'm sorry. That's some heavy stuff, Doc. Let me get you heated about something else. Okay. I have a problem with sort of the way this, and it's not just this conversation, it's the way that the conversation around Marvel is centered, and I want it to relate it to something. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I didn't love Kenobi. I liked it. I thought it was good, but I have this problem with Star Wars right now that has maybe clouded my opinion of that show. Yeah, and it is it is that I am tired of seeing the same characters and the same stories being told over and over and over again. And I have a similar problem with fan bases, and Marvel has has been a little. uh, I think is a little to blame in this as well. In a similar sense, I am tired of everything needing to be leading up to something. I, in the same way that I want with Star Wars to just tell new and exciting stories, that's what I want from Marvel. I don't need everything to be this big, grand, connected thing if you are telling a good, interesting story. Yeah. and I I agree with you. That's that's what I was saying about Moon Knight, uh, back about that. Absolutely. How, How unconnected that was from everything else, but I still loved it. Absolutely, and I think maybe more stories could take could take some notes from that. And I think yeah. this the problems we're having with the multiverse are rooted in everything has to be connected. Yes. It all has to be there. Something has to mean. And to be fair, Miss Marvel is a character that does have to be connected. Yeah, it makes to, perfect sense for her to be like wrapped up with everything. Absolutely, but I do feel, and one of the reasons I like Miss Marvel so much is because the show itself, the the way that it is shot, the 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 way that it's written, mm-hmm. kind of how the the presentation of the show is so different from the rest of what Marvel is putting out. That's why yeah, I like yeah. it as much as I do. And so I want more Marvel stuff to do this, and that's why these conversations about like the multiverse and timelines and stuff kind of exasperate me sometimes. Yeah. Not that you're bringing, you bring it up doesn't exasperate me, but the, the sort of the greater fandom being like, well, when are we going to get Mr. Fantastic and when are we gonna Doctor when is Doctor Doom gonna show? When are the X-Men? We're finally get Wolverine. Yeah. Like, who cares? Just let them shut up and enjoy the content. Absolutely. I mean, we're on the same yeah. page as I bring it up because I'm exasperated by it too. I oh, really good. I really am yeah. like when everyone, you know, always talking about but where where is this going? What is this building to? It's like, well, just enjoy this story. Absolutely. And and be excited about one not really knowing what's coming. And you know, I have some very heavy debates with some friends about about a lot of these shows. There's that word again, heavy. Yeah, heavy. Is there something wrong with the <laughs> Earth's gravitational pull? I knew you were going to say that. The uh, second you said heavy, I was like, oh, there he goes. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're bringing it back. I tried to when to you brought future. up Back to the Future earlier, but yeah. nobody rolled with it, so yeah. I had to do the dirty work myself. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got you got to keep at it. That, that's the important thing. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, it, what, Moon Knight is a great example. There's really no clue as to how that quote unquote fits into the MCU. Right. That's fine. Absolutely. You know, I am excited to see those characters again someday. I think it's going to be fun to see what characters they end up interacting with. Didn't care about that during the show, though. And I think it's okay to just be your own story. Now, like you said, Miss Marvel has to be connected because she's Miss Marvel. We already have Captain Marvel. And she's a character who is just a big fan of the superheroes. Right. So it makes sense that all these connections that happen. And they've been happening in mostly like really fun, funny ways, you know. It's funny that, oh, she's a fan of of Scott Lang's podcast. It's funny that she enters costume contest at a at a con. You know, I, I enjoy that. You know, and, and I, I enjoy those connections they happen, but I don't necessarily need to be guaranteed, oh, all this is building up to a big event. Yep. I don't care. I know we're going to get one someday. I hope it's great because we've gotten some great big events in the MCU so far. But I don't need to know where it's going as like long set, as the ride is fun. They set this precedent for themselves. I think it's a little bit of them shooting themselves in the foot because yeah. we all got so hyped for so many years about this is leading to an Infinity Stone yeah. story. And now it almost feels like that is everyone's requirement in the back of their mind is they will be building up to something. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if the puzzle pieces don't fit exactly the way I think they should for whatever I think they're building up to, I'm going to be upset about it. Absolutely. And I think some people, they will go to these movies and they'll sit down and they'll sit there for an hour and 45 minutes and they're like, all right, we finished the hour and 45 minute primer. It's time to watch the real movie. And it's them sitting watching the end credits. Yes, scene. yes. You yeah. know, and I, I, I think it is a little backwards at this point, you know, that we are, I would, I kind of wish some, so these movies just didn't have in credit scenes. Anymore. Like, I just wish, I want these surprises to be real surprises. I want to be actually enthralled with something. And for that to happen, I need them to cool it for a little while. You know, I, I don't mean stop putting out content, but uh -huh. like, stop, stop with the connected universe thing. Stop just always like characters instead of like when it feels like when they're planning characters they're not planning them from like all right this is the emotional journey we want them to go on this is the this is where we want them to end up it is like we need this character to be over here so they can meet this character at the end of this yeah. movie mm -hmm. and it feels so much more formulaic i feel like <sighs> the earlier movies weren't necessarily like that because all they did was just introduce a macguffin every once in a while they were like oh hey this red swirly thing i guess that's an infinity stone too um yeah uh, the yeah. the time stone it's just something Doctor Strange has but it's not like right. you know it is not this thing that we're talking about connecting to the whole like we will eventually mm -hmm. and it's so much easier to do it with like a small MacGuffin like that than it is to be like all right now the way that you craft the story has to then intertwine with the way we are crafting all of these other stories because I tell you what when I'm watching a story about you know Clint Barton and Kate Bishop at Christmas time you know trying to stop some gangsters. I don't give a shit about the multiverse in that story. No. Absolutely. You know? I um, yeah. And that's fine. I, I said this during Moon Knight, but I think this phase is all about expanding in the sense that it's about getting as many new toys on the table as you can. You got Moon Knight. You got Miss Marvel. You got this. You got that. And yes, one of those toys is the multiverse concept. And 
people are making a lot of assumptions. People made a lot of, of assumptions because we knew about No Way Home. We knew about Multiverse of Madness. And we knew about... Uh, we knew that Kang was going to be coming somewhere down the line as well. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, all, we're all rooting for him. Um, <laughs> but um, because there of those things everyone is like oh this is going to be what it's all about and even multiverse of madness was barely about the multiverse yep it was more about the madness yes (laughs) yeah it was you're like 90 percent madness 10 percent multiverse yeah they went to they had i want a side salad if you put my madness on top i send it back yeah Gabagool. And you by know, the way, I'm madness... not saying it's bad that Multiverse of Madness was more about the madness. I, I don't think that was a problem at all. Madness did have final billing on that title, so. That's true. True. Starring Multiverse <laughs> and introducing <laughs> madness. <laughs> I want to backtrack for a second because I almost feel like all of the complaints we have just been ruminating on are still mostly about Star Wars because I agree with you. Wait, I just felt Obi-Wan was okay, and I really... I, I know we're the we're the Marvel podcast. We always get off track. I agree. I've I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan of our group, but I still think it'd be way cooler to have original characters because I am so sick of seeing the people that are like, um, Obi Wan wouldn't do that. He wouldn't act this way. Yeah. He wouldn't do this thing. Like I know there's a line in the sand somewhere. It's not like the Obi Wan show is him with a blaster now instead of a lightsaber always. And maybe and now so he's uncivilized. Yeah, he's like speaking. He's like completely different person. He's the same guy. He has a lot of the there's references. Blah blah blah. Whatever. It's not like he. But people act as if like, oh, you he wouldn't do that thing. People, characters are are very multifaceted. They yeah. can do things outside of the stories that you've seen them do things in. And I think they could eliminate that issue if they just make new characters. See, I'm in that weird middle ground of I really want them to do new weird stuff with Star Wars, but also Obi-Wan made me happy in so many different ways. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. It it hit me in the, like, okay, if I wanted some classic Star Wars stuff with classic Star Wars characters, it made me happy. Now I want some new stuff too, though. I also so, think, like, and Star Wars and Marvel are both in these in this category. Both of these properties, and maybe Disney can be at, at fault here. Disney needs to do a significantly better job. At least this is the way that I feel, of not treating every single thing that comes out as must see viewing, because these are all incredibly different stories told in incredibly different ways, and not everything is for everyone. Why and, wouldn't they though? They want money. And that's the point they do, but yeah. the but the the rate that they're putting content out and the variety of the of the content they are putting, it's not going to be for everyone. Yeah, and I think that's like an important piece of it as well is that like there's a lot of pushback on all these different shows that people didn't like, and it's because a lot of these shows are really like targeted and they're not they're not made for everyone. And I I I really do think that the creators know that, right? You know, and I think they're fine with that. Um, I, I even think Kevin Feige knows that. Yep. Um, I think that he's excited to be, you know, have a, a playground in the MCU that you can do, you know, a horror tinged Sam Raimi movie. Uh, and then your next big project is about a girl in high school that has all these fun stylistic flourishes. Sounds like the people don't know that. Exactly. The yeah. people need to know that not everything yeah. is for you. Yeah. yeah, but if the people 
if the people don't know that, then it is the responsibility of the creator or the people that are putting the content out to sort of to 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 dress it up better, to to make people know, right? Like it's it's fine that we think Kevin Feige knows it because we do a Marvel podcast and are in tune with every bit of Marvel news and cover every show, and we know that. But if a consumer is walking up off the street and is just consuming this content the way it has been presented, it is presented like every time one of these shows comes out, you need to watch this. Yeah. And maybe it is a Disney problem because they do that with their theme park rides too. And that's how you get two hour lines for Ratatouille at Epcot. <laughs> I'm kind of lost on why as a business you wouldn't do that, but we don't have to. Keep no, I mean, about you're it. not wrong. You yeah. are not wrong. That is the whole point. You want people to subscribe right. to Disney plus. So you, as a business, every show you want people is, to shut up and give the, give you yeah, their money. Yeah. But as a business, you, in a short-term strategy, that will make sense because you will get people to use your business, but you will eventually lose people in the long term because they're not going to trust the business model anymore. Uh, will you? I, might, I think I might disagree with that a little bit because I think you're going to have some people who are really loud on the internet uh, who are like, oh, I'm never going to watch again, and then they won't. Because I again. think eventually they are going to land with something that might have been intended for them, and then they're going to keep watching the next thing. I don't know. I feel like we're going already... to watch one thing and love watch the next. Sure, and I agree with that. But I also think that people are starting to become kind of exasperated with Disney in general. And I think that exasperation will start to show a little more and a little more because of things like we're discussing, like the whole Ratatouille is a good example of like this must-see attraction that's actually several years old and a much worse version of uh, two other attractions they have already in their parks. Hmm. You know, I think think short-term for us is different than short-term for Disney. I think short-term for them is five to ten years, and long-term you're looking at 20 to 30 years, but I do think it is a dilution of their brand to treat everything like that and to not have a variety, to not... And I think it's a much broader problem. It is a much broader problem to not care about their consumer and what the consumer truly wants and to kind of trick the consumer into thinking they want something when they really don't. And I think eventually that type of thing will grow and grow and grow and you will eventually have some sort of shoe that drops that changes public perception. But I think it it even goes beyond just Disney, though, because that is how we are now in a business model in Hollywood where... A movie can make over a billion dollars, but if it makes a few million less than the movie that it's a sequel to, yeah. everyone goes, what happened? What a disappointment. It only made $1.1 billion. Uh, the last one made $1.3 billion. You sound like, uh, you sound like Dudley Dursley uh, at Christmas in uh, yes. at Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. But last year... Last year I had whatever Howard had that's, 35 presents. <laughs> that that's capitalism. It is because yeah. it the way it works when you're like uh beholden to your shareholders, you if you don't make more money than you did the last year, you have not met expectations. Exactly. So what even if you've made an insane to, amount the year before. What this all goes back to is that we hate you capitalism. <laughs> yeah, this is now a communism podcast. What? <laughs> Greetings comrades. <laughs> Soyuz, da, da, da. <laughs> We're back to Stranger Things. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> look how we get. Look, look at us. Look at us see that. I don't know. I think if you look at a company like, let me let me give you something. There was say there was a video game company and they were beloved. They were beloved by everyone, but there were cracks in their pro- products. Year after year, you could see the cracks in their products. The products weren't coming out quite as nice as they used to. People were leaving, and but the brand still had a very, very vicious loyalty. Uh, People still love the brand, even though 
They seem to be treating their 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 people worse. He's they seem to be Blizzard. they seem to be treating their people worse. Yeah, they I seem to be fun. treating their their products worse. <laughs> uh, and then one day something really and bad comes out day. about the company, and the public perception changes overnight. Mm-hmm. And that company that was once on this pedestal is now in the garbage. Now imagine, if you will, that company, Blizzard. I know. <laughs> Hold your gasp. But it, it it reminds me of, and and I'm not saying Disney is going to have some sort of giant sexual allegation scandal. What I'm saying is, people are starting to slowly build that resentment to Disney because of some of their business practices, and I think eventually you will see something happen that will light a match that will start the rebellion. What is it? Uh, uh, you the, will be the flame that lights the match. The spark. That, there it is, a yeah. spark that lights, lights the, the match, flame. Of, that lights the yeah. flame. There you go. And so I think something like that will happen. We have gotten way off track. We have. I want to know where this data comes from. How do you know that there's a war path out there? That there's a war path? I feel like I I am taking my personal experience into account. I am taking the way that I talk to other people about Disney and the way that they've talked to them. And it feels like people, little by little, are a little bit more disillusioned. And it's not just a Disney thing. It is a comp. Like people are a lot less trusting of corporations. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm on that page. And things like that. And that's the thing is that there's, especially the younger generations, they're a lot more skeptical uh, than some of the older generations. And I think, uh, I think Disney is one of those people that, you know, they, they're going to have uh, a point where people are going to be realize that they're not necessarily as, as great as it's been pointed out to be. I mean, they're still, you know, they're still Disney. They're always going to have their fans, but now you know, we're never going to get Rachel page on. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. It's Cut okay. this all out. No, I won't. <laughs> the people need to know, but we'll see back to the episode, back to action. But <laughs> if the clandestines use the bangle to tear down the veil, they'll unleash their world onto ours as well. To quote Bruno, things go boom. Boom boom. <laughs> boom 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 boom. No, no, it was the the, the 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 TikTok. Yeah, I know. We did My that name one is too. Bo- Yeah, but I like that. Cheeky one. cheeky cha cha. <laughs> Which of us who 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 is boom boom cha cha? Um, um, then the other two, Cheeky, Cha Cha, Boom Boom, and Lala. Yeah, who's who? Robbie's now here. Are these here. the Teletubbies? No, <laughs> that's like... Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala, and boom, boom. Don't ask me how I just G-G. remembered that so quickly. He's like, no, how dare you mess the up Birch. the the Teletubbies lore like that? Well, he was actually. A lot of people know this. Uh, Peaches was... was the baby son, uh, so that's how he knows. Them what do you all. mean? He still is. <laughs> oh. With, uh, you don't notice in the new episodes that guy, uh, there's a oh, beard. Yeah. Why does that baby have a beard? Yeah. And he's like, ah. why does it look so depressed? <laughs> no one will share their tubby custard with me. Damn. <laughs> that is, I don't like that sentence. Why did I say that? I don't like it either. Why is the son gone from Teletubbies? Oh, I'm sorry. He had to go and get a job to pay off his student loans. So. That is very true. Uh, you were going to say something. Royalty, and I don't, oh, right. Who, who are we? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, if quick, we're doing that TikTok and Robbie is here for this, I don't know one what of you're us talking doing? about. Well, one of us is cheeky, one of us is cha cha, one of us is boom boom, and one of us is lala. Okay, thanks, thanks for uh, clearing that up. I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Cheeky. Cheeky. cheeky Maybe that cheeky. if you want to write to the podcast, let clap, us know. Clap. Tell cha, us cha, who's cha. who, since we can't decide. That's, That's your assignment. No more test emails. That's when Walid sees something on the bangle. He didn't realize there was an inscription on it, 
Kamala asks what it says, and he reads aloud, What you seek is seeking you. Kamala wonders if that's an important message or something. Even Waleed doesn't know, but it must have been an important it must have been important to someone. Excuse me. I'm have I have cheeky on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, halfway around the world, the clandestines are being held at a damage control supermax prison. But even added security isn't going to stop Najima and the rest of the clandestines, including Kamran, from breaking out. After a fight in one of the transportation hallways, the group is free and ready to head out on the run. Except for Karam. He's injured in the fight, and as he's helped um, yeah. out of the prison to safety, Najima announced that her son is not coming with them. He made his choice. Now... He has to live with it, Najima says. Thanks for breaking us out. You stay here now. (laughs) Yeah, what's up with that? I think she and Yandu should get together. Bad daddy and bad mom of the year. Several years apart. What's up? He did all the work. And then they're like, no, you stay. I don't get get their whole... What we talked about last week where they like on a dime were just like, we're cool. Now we're bad. That was like echoed in this episode for me yet again because... I still think that Kamran was like, hey, she wants to help us. Just give her a second. Yeah. And they're like, no. End of story. (laughs) And then I'll break you out of prison, even though you got us in this mess in the first place. Cool. You stay. Like, what's up with this? They're just like, they suck. I mean, they do. And I think that's... That's the point. I get it. But they... I don't know. I agree. (laughs) And I don't have a lot to defend it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't need you to. I just... Uh... Nah, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. Back at Nani's house, <laughs> Kamala heads outside to talk to her grandmother. You gotta do one of those now. Who asks if she's found what she's looking for. Kamala isn't exactly sure yet. I'm, I'm waiting for you to do it at literally any second, even when it doesn't make <laughs> sense. But either way, it's been in education. Sana might be exactly the person to calm Kamala down as she confesses to her granddaughter that even she's still trying to figure her life out and there's no rush to even uh, to even do it. That's when Red Dagger texts her asking if she's free and wants to hang out. And Sana knows her granddaughter must go off and be a kid. As for Sana's own child, Muniba is on a cleaning rampage through the house, bewildered as to why her mother needs to save all these things forever and why there are so many toffee boxes everywhere. San explains that she knew Maniba always liked toffee, so she kept some around just in case she ever came back home. This opens the emotional floodgates for Maniba, who explains to her mother that it was tough growing up because everyone shunned her due to her crazy mother. Maniba's words, not mine. Sana tries to explain that she was just trying to share her stories with her daughter, but that's not what Maniba wanted. She just wanted her mother. Sad. What a sad yeah. scene. Yeah. With night falling, Kareem takes Kamala to a bonfire to meet some of his friends, but Kamala needs a nickname. Call her Sloth Baby. When she's offered food from the group, Kamala takes it hesitantly and wonders if it's spicy, remembering the meal she had earlier. Taking a bite, she realizes that she likes it. Maybe being hey, with Mikey. <laughs> she likes it. <laughs> Maybe being with Red Dagger and his friends is just the place she needed to be right now. The next day, Kamala finds herself back at the Red Dagger hideout with Waleed and Kareem learning how to harness her power. And then we get like a like a training montage. Waleed seems to think that due to Kamala's genetics and the fact that she's from this world, she can harness the Nora while also having it be unique to her. 
But training is suddenly cut short when Najima and the rest of the clandestines crash through the ceiling to grab Kamala and get the bangle. Did that surprise actually jump scare you? Because they were just in the middle of a conversation and then boom, and then she literally says, surprise. I think the surprising part is that they were literally halfway around the world and suddenly showed up the next day. Uh, I understand that things in TV shows and movies, like they're not necessarily happening simultaneously. It was still weird. Yeah. It didn't really bother me. But (laughs) because I figure as soon as they break out of jail, if they can like sense where the bangle is, then they'll find a way to get there. Oh, I mostly meant I was talking about the jump scare. Oh, the actual. It wasn't really a scare. It just I don't. Scared I don't. Me. I just don't remember me. if it scared me or not. I pro- probably. I'm jumpy. It was no haunting of Hill House. Oh no, nothing. Episode nothing tops eight, that. Eight? Yeah, I think I think that's it. What a great jump scare! The best. Around. Oh, another great jump scare is uh, that trailer for Smile. Oh man! Oh my god! That looks real good. That's terrifying. That's oh that thing at the end. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. 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 Ugh. Ugh. A fight breaks out as Walid holds everyone off long enough for Kamala and Kareem to get out of the building. Once outside, they jump into the back of a pedicab and the chase is on. Racing through the streets of Karachi, Kamala manages to use enough hard light to save a family on a bike that won't start while also stopping the clandestines, crashing them on a truck until they are thrown off of the pedicab. Now on foot, the Kamala... The Kamala? The boulder. Why why did she write the Kamala? Now on foot, Kamala and Kareem run through the streets as Walid stays behind to hold the clandestines off again. Hoping to hide, they turn through alleyways, dodging between people and things, and eventually Walid catches up to them. And so does Najima. High up on a balcony, Walid confronts Najima. From his position, he notices that a clandestine is close behind Kamala and Kareem. Walid flings two fatal daggers, knocking out Kamala and Kareem's pursuer. But this moment gives Najima the chance to literally stab him in the back. Kamala and Kareem turn the corner to find him lying on the ground in front of them. You think that the henchman guy is dead too? I think he's like dead dead? Maybe. Interesting. I liked this. Um, this is a weird... Upon watching this twice, I, I this is a weird like change of heart. It's not a full change of heart because I liked this chase scene, and I liked how colorful it is. It like reminded me how pretty this show is. Um, but the second time I watched it, I had this thing that I've never had. I don't this thought that I don't think I've ever had during a car chase where I was like, where are they going? Like it's not like I know Karachi at all. I don't know the layout of Karachi at all. But it felt like that they were just kind of like aimlessly wandering around. And I was like, what's the goal here? I mean, obviously to get away. But something about it just felt very like, I don't know. It was disorienting to me. Yeah. Did you guys feel that at all? Or am I just weird? I mean, I know I'm weird regardless of the answer. but I don't know if I gave it enough thought. Okay. Yeah. I just like, oh, it's a chase. It's really pretty though. <laughs> I think we haven't talked enough about how cool Karachi looks. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. Just this whole, uh, and I don't know if we've necessarily talked about how great uh, of a job they've done of really integrating all of the culture into this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they really have. They really have tried to to go the extra mile to really integrate um, not just her Pakistani culture, but her Muslim culture, all of it. It's all incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's very pretty. One of my favorite thing about the show is how seriously it's taking that. Yeah, absolutely. It's doing a very good job of that. Though Kamala wants to stay and help, 
Kareem knows it's too late, and they've got to run. They turn into an open-air bazaar, only to find out that it's a dead end and realize they're going to have to fight their way out. While they easily stop the first two clandestines that show up, Najima is another story. Furious that Kamala is still putting up a fight, she turns to face her, screaming, Enough! With one swift blow, Najima slams her weapon into the bangle, and Kamala goes flying backwards. And she finds herself at a train station. Looking around, the place is familiar, but completely different from anywhere she's ever seen before. People hurry to try and get on a nearby waiting train as she waves goodbye to the crowd. She realizes that so many people are saying goodbye. She climbs atop the train herself to get a better view of the surrounding area and realizes exactly where and when she is. It's 1947, and this is Partition. So, Chris, in the in the in our uh, Discord, you sent in what you said what you thought was a stork, and I agree with you because I thought had the exact same thought. Uh-huh. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh, they're doing Prisoner of Azkaban." Yep. You know, she's gonna get there, and she's gonna be like, "Why? Where is the the trail of light that's supposed to be helping my uh, great grandmother?" Er, yeah, great grandmother, and it never comes. And then eventually, she's like, "Wait a second. I'm the trail of light, and mm-hmm. she's the one. Fry's his own grandfather, is what I'm saying. Yeah, causal loop, baby. She expects petroleum. <laughs> yes, that's the closest to expecto patronus as I could think of. I appreciate moment. it. Yeah, I, I, it really seems like they're setting up a causal loop here thing. Uh, causal loop thing here. I'm missing up words. Expecto subscription to our Patreonus. <laughs> There it was. I love it. But yeah, I mean, she's standing on top of the train. If she embiggens her arm, stretches it out, that's a that's a trail of stars to lead you right to the train. So it makes sense that she might be saving her own grandmother. And as we alluded to earlier, that is very different than how they said time travel works in Endgame. And they were very clear that time travel doesn't work that way in Endgame. But maybe that's how it works in Ms. Marvel. This is magic time travel, not quantum realm time travel. That's true. That makes it different. That's enough for me. I don't need more explanation than that. If this is what ends up happening, and maybe it won't, I'm wondering how people are going to feel about it. Yep. Do we know for sure? Well, we don't know for sure. Well, I'm like, offer up some counter suggestions here because time travel seems the most likely, but it could also maybe be a vision. Yeah. Maybe she's in a vision of the past. Absolutely. And maybe uh-huh. she can kind of interact with it a little bit. Maybe she can project the stars in the vision or something. Could it also be because they just talk about how that bangle unlocks the Nor dimension? Could she? Could that station be the Nor's, the Nor dimension version of the Karachi train station? Yeah, I could, don't know that I fully agreed that with this. I'm just spitting it out. Yeah, and it, and it could be that this is how she's just going to like she's just there as an observer and she's going to yeah. see what the actual trail of stars was. And not actually interact. But I don't think we actually saw her interact with anybody, right? Um, no, I think she got on top of a train car and was just looking around. Yeah, so so it could very well be that she's there, uh, like also like Harry Potter, like but like in the Pensieve when you just go and look, and you're walking around in the memory, but you can't actually. So, so the beginning of this next episode might be she tries to talk to people and they don't respond to her. Exactly. Like, Yo, yeah. What gives? Yeah, it could very well be that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, we'll see where it I goes. I almost like that better because then we don't have to worry about people bitching about time travel rules yeah. being yeah. different. Bringing it back to Kenobi, I mean, we've had people bitching about things before the season ended 
that ended up not being a problem. Do you know what thing that I cannot stop thinking about? Kenobi spoilers-ish. Was, I think it was Robbie that told all of us that someone online was comparing Reva to Joffrey from Game of Thrones, saying that she was as bad as Joffrey. And I just cannot believe anyone would say that that actually watched both things. There's no... There's... If anyone comes close to how bad Joffrey Barath- Baratheon, Lannister. No, Baratheon. He was Baratheon, yeah. If anyone comes close. I mean, he close, was secretly Lannister, but yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Baratheon. I, like, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that comes as close to how terrible that kid is in a Star Wars anything or in anything anything. Uh-huh. Well, and like credit to that actor that plays Joffrey, yeah. because if I saw him on the street, I would knock him I out. I would want to punch him. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's no way he hasn't done that to everybody. Yeah. Like, so that comment sticks out of my mind because I'm like, it doesn't matter what she does. In six episodes, she will not be J- Joffrey. Uh-huh. Yep, I agree. What, what are you on, person I don't know? And I do think maybe Reva's a little bit more of a complete villain than we've gotten so far here in Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is definitely a coming-of-age story that is focused yeah. on Kamala. Mm-hmm. It is all about Kamala's story and Kamala's journey, and I think maybe we're having a little bit of a... I don't want to call it a villain problem, but they're just not. it's not very compelling yet. That being said, it, it could grow that way. Who knows? I think the stuff that's happening with Kamala is way more interesting anyway, so I don't I don't care too, too much. But yeah, I think we're, we're losing a little bit there. Uh, so where do you guys think this is going? I, at this point, uh, it's been pretty different from the comic run. I said that last episode, and it's really true this episode. Unless there's, maybe there's a future story that I haven't read yet that like there's ties in with, because I've never heard of the Red Daggers. I don't know who Walid is. Like, that character, Red Dagger. Is from the comic. Okay, but definitely not the ones that I read. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's a future uh, Ms. Marvel tale that I'll get to at some point. I did see an interesting thing. This doesn't really answer your question, but I saw an interesting um, TikTok video. There's this character that she interacts with called Amulet, and Amulet is only in a couple of issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's pretty new, but he has kind of the hard light powers that... Kamala seems to have in the show. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if they'll introduce him or if it's just one of those like we kind of mixed their powers up. Mm-hmm. Um, that did not answer the question about where I think it's going. It's just something <laughs> that I saw and I wanted to say. So I don't know. I have no clue because I think whoever said it between you two about Kamran eventually being like, "Yo, my mom sucks. I'm gonna help you." Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I don't know how they'll do it, but I think it's true. Maybe there's a little bit of a love. Uh, Quartet? I don't want to call it... Oh, yeah, because Bruno's there. Yeah. I don't want to call it a love triangle or a love square because triangle and square implies that the lines go from one person to the next person and never back to the source person. A love triangle means that someone has to be bisexual. I suppose technically. Otherwise, it's just like a love right angle. (laughs) Yes, correct. So... Maybe not bisexual. Somebody has to be. I don't think that is the. Tradi- oh, that's not necessarily true because it could be. It could be three men. It could be three women. I don't think that is the traditional <laughs> use yeah. of love triangle. Yeah. but I'll let you have this. Yeah, one. but yeah. you know what I'm saying. You're thinking of like our love rock paper scissors. Yeah, love rock paper scissors. <laughs> that's what it should be called from now on. But in this case, there's a fourth object because well, because rock paper scissors. There's four people. Rock, yeah. rock paper, paper scissors dynamite. Rock paper scissors dynamite. There we go. So who's who? You decide. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna shut up. Yeah, I, 
I don't know how they're going to have time to, unless they get back we to We say them. this, Chris, it's it's episode four, two episodes away from the finale. It's time for us to talk about how we don't think they have enough time <laughs> yeah, to yeah. wrap up all the loose threads that they have. Yeah. No, yeah. it's true. It's 100% true <laughs> because there's a whole bunch of plot that they left back in the United States. Yeah. I think it's awesome that they went to Karachi. Um, I think the cliffhanger is really cool. It was like the most exciting cliffhanger, I think, so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know how they're going to resolve all the family stuff, all the Bruno stuff, all the Jin stuff, her getting her costume. Here, She's not in her costume. Mini yet. rant. I wish that they had never showed her costume. Yeah. Obviously, they showed it on the cruise, like you said, but they also, had, it's on the main menu of Disney+. Plus. Yep. Uh, she's already wearing it at Disneyland, and I feel like they've been doing a daredevil building up to where they finally reveal like, Oh, she's getting more and more pieces of her suit. She's got the mask. She got a vest that kind of looks like the colors and everything. It's not going to be exciting when she finally gets in the costume they because we've already Hawkeye seen too. it. Who do you think is going to make the yes. costume? I think it's going to make it. Mm-hmm. I think she'll make it. I don't I think Bruno think? or Bruno will make it. I don't. I think her mom will make it. Boom. Oh, okay. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get the mom reveal and just like how she made the yeah. Hulk one, she will make her a Miss Marvel costume. Okay. That's yeah. my I my like stork. I, I there's a good chance it's also just going to be Bruno. But I think it'd be a fun <laughs> thing if it was her mom. I know I like that. That's like heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool like That would hey, be the I'm, most emotionally satisfying. It would. Hey, I accept that what you're doing is what you're going to do and I'm going to support you no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Also, though, Bruno helps make it in the comic. That's why I guess Sure, that. and that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Cool. So, Chris, you had something you wanted to discuss. How about, can I talk about it when we give our ratings? Okay. Hey, guys, uh, let's give our ratings now. <laughs> uh, are we there? <laughs> we are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do your rating last then or first? Um, I'll go, f- I'll, I'll go first so we, can, so we can talk about this. Sure. I am going to give this 7.5... Secret kitchen passageways out of ten, and I I said this in our Discord. Join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/LimitedAcquired. I am starting to feel like I maybe wish this had been a movie instead of a TV show. Uh, and I don't think I've really said that about any of the shows except for maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's rushing some things. It's kind of dragging in other things. I I love so much about this show. I love the style. I love the cast. Every every person that has been cast has been incredible. Uh, I love the uh, deep dive into the culture and all of that. But I am not seeing... I don't know. There's just something about the pace of the show that is not 100% working for me. Uh, Angela and I were talking about this the other day. She she agrees. I almost wish that there had been a movie that had been the origin of Miss Marvel. And then we got a TV show because I would love to see this character and this cast of characters in a long form story. But I almost wish that we had just gotten a movie to establish her as a hero and then we could start doing like, you know, a new season every year with, you know, longer adventures about her and then she can show up in other movies. I I, I don't know. Does anyone else feel this way? Uh, I might be alone in this, uh, which I, I I'm fine with, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, it just, I loved the first episode and then I think none of the episodes since have really gotten that high as that first episode for me. It, it's like the combination of them, like rushing the heel turn with, with the clandestine 
as well as we have not gotten a lot of superhero-y stuff. It feels like we're getting more and more of it as it goes on, but it it feels almost separate from the other stories too about like her family and everything. And what stuff like movies have like Spider-Man have done really well. Uh, the good ones have been, <laughs> have been that there is a balance like the superhero stuff and the Peter Parker stuff goes together. And I haven't gotten the feeling yet like the her the idea of her having powers and her family stuff is going together. But it's like the actual with the exception of like the mystery of her great grandmother. And, and again, maybe this is just pacing. It feels like it, there's a little bit of a disconnect and I just wish everything were, were a little bit tighter. I think is just kind of where I'm where I'm coming from. I think I I think I disagree. Okay, I think I disagree with that. I like the pacing of the show for the most part, except when it comes to the clandestines. And I think I am okay with that because I like what's happening on the other side of that so much that it, that it doesn't super bother me. Yeah. I also think I need less superheroing than most, so maybe that is why I'm a little more okay with it than you are. Because mm-hmm. I like the superheroing is cool, but to me it's just like a fun bonus. I think what's happening with these characters and the sort of interesting situations they put themselves in because they are superheroes yeah. are what I find interesting, not necessarily the superheroing itself. And that's fair, yeah. And that basically would have been my answer too. Yeah, I don't know that I feel strongly the same way that you do, Chris, about it. I have a real question for you, though, for both of you, really. Yeah. We've talked about this basically with every series, and we always are like, maybe this one should have been a show. Maybe this one should have been a movie. Uh, this movie should have been a show. This show should have been a movie, whatever. Have Have you guys actually since, like, have you ever gone back and without taking a break, gone start to finish on any of them? No. No. Because I think it's really hard to verify any of our thoughts I'm not saying we should assign that to ourselves as an assignment, like a homework assignment, but also how do we really know any of these things are better as a movie unless we go back and try to watch them all back to back to back to back to back to back. That's six. There well, you when go. you say better as a movie, what you're also saying is like I under that four hours worth needs to be cut, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's you have to make a lot of sacrifices of subplots and everything. And, and, and here's where, like where I hesitate is that, you know, I don't want to give up, you know, the subplot of like what's going on in the mosque and her brother's wedding. I would hate to lose all of that stuff. The dancing and the dancing is so cool. Yeah. You know? So like, I would hate to lose moments like that if they made this a movie. So, so that's why I'm not like a hundred percent sure. Hmm. Um, and until we know exactly how the story ends, it's hard to imagine how would this have worked? How could we have kept a lot of this stuff, but also had a tighter story going in? And I don't know. But again, I, I guess maybe I'm also feeling this way since, like I said, I don't know how they're going to even have time to go back to that stuff anymore with only two episodes left and her stuck in the past in another country. <laughs> what things do you need them to go back to? Well, we, ha- we haven't resolved. The, the two big things are Nakia and Bruno. Like just their uh, their companionship with Kamala, yeah, and like Bruno and his going to another school, Caltech, and yeah. you know having a crush, and Nakia just kind of finding out, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's two big unresolved things, and also she's on the mosque board now, and they were setting that up to be a thing, and I'd like to see, you know, if if that's you want to see her in some board meetings, yeah, I love board meetings. <laughs> Have them on the helicarrier, um, <laughs> no, but I, I I would like to know. Because I assume that that 
ha- will have something to do with her relationship with, with Kamala. Uh, you know, I'd like to see how things progress from there. Yeah, I, I feel like there are a lot of subplot, uh, you know, important plots with her two best friends who were important characters for the first few episodes who we've now left behind. Sure, and but we like, left them behind for one episode. I don't. Yeah, we we might get, we might get back in the U.S. next week. You know? I, I think there is almost a hundred percent chance we get back in the U.S. next by the end of the episode at least. Yeah, I think we do this. We we have this conversation pretty often with the Disney Plus shows where we go, we don't know how they're going to wrap this up. And I think a common thing that we see is at least one of the storylines that happen that we go, when are they going to talk about this? Or what's going to happen with this? They kick it down. They kick the can down the road. Yeah, you know, they kick it down the street. They go, "This is going to be a problem for us next season," and they just sort of yeah. move it. And they still like the watch is a big one. Like, oh, what's going to happen with the watch? And they go, "Oh, uh, the watch belonged to his wife." What that means? Find out next time on Hawkeye. You know, yeah. like, please don't bring the watch back. Yeah, yeah, but I think the watch is like Let a that good one. Die. It's like a good extreme example of yeah, what I'm talking about. I you know? know? No, I didn't mean you. I meant. Disney. No, I know you don't want me. Disney, Disney just let the watch, the watch story die. Yeah, I don't care. I agree. We get it. She was in S.H.I.E.L.D. The end. Yeah. <laughs> All the comic nerds are happy because he married Agent 19. Yeah. Womp womp. Married Velma. Jinkies. So, Peach, what are you going to rate this episode? I also gave it seven and a half no jeans policies out of ten. <laughs> there we go. I think what? I was a little bit more positive on it than you guys. I'm going to give it eight <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot of... It is a lot of them. We've only done five. I know. But you said eight. Eight, that'd be three more. (laughs) We're almost there. It wasn't until everyone was staring at me that I realized... (laughs) That pause will be left in for dramatic... It sounded like you did the Bulk and Skull theme. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Eight, we're at eight. All right, good. No more. Don't do any (laughs) more. No more. I think that's going to do it, guys. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. If you want to send us your thoughts, send us an email like Adrian did over at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com with the subject line test. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, the surveillance stork is real. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you, Adrian. Known Avenger of ours. Adrian, I love you. We appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate that Sorry very to Ted much. Mosby you, but I love you. Uh, uh, lead One of our lead Avenger patrons over at patreon.com slash assembly required, where you too can become a patron and support the show, support what we're doing here. Uh, huge shout outs to our Avengers level patrons, uh, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. You can join our patron exclusive Discord. Give us a big shout out. If you want to follow, uh, if you want to send us the the email, you got the email already. Follow us on Twitter at assemblycast. I guess I'm the only one on Twitter now at ABC Eduardo One. <laughs> yeah, I deleted mine. Oh, I didn't delete my Twitter, but delete it from the notes because don't bother trying to follow me because it's like I'm not even there. You can follow me, but honestly, you're just gonna hear stuff about the Orlando Magic and sometimes about the Tampa Bay Rays. Talking about the the Patreon, we do have uh, a little announcement. We've talked about. Uh, you know, we have our three levels, our uh, agent, hero, and Avenger levels. And we've been talking about, like, how do we want to, you know, make the levels distinct and, you know, hopefully worth your time and, and your money. Uh, so we have a bit of an announcement. Uh, starting starting this month, uh, we will be updating our levels. The price levels are not changing, $2, $5, and $10. But now the benefits that you'll be getting... Uh, at the agent level, $2, you'll get access to our patrons-only Discord. Uh, patrons and, and, I guess, you know, 
former guests of the show are also in there you know but the five and ten dollar levels the hero and avenger levels will be getting one bonus episode a month an exclusive patreon exclusive bonus episode uh we haven't named the show yet or anything uh but just know that that is where we're going to talk about all things not marvel uh, so you'll still get on our main feed. Yeah, because we did such no. a good job talking about knowing us. We'll yes, only Marvel we'll on our end show. Up talking about it in those. We're going to talk exclusively Marvel. In those yeah, shows. yeah. We talked for twenty minutes about Kenobi in this episode. The, the topics will ostensibly be non-Marvel things <laughs> on, on on the bonus we'll episodes, do our best, as always. Um, and then, of course, our Avenger level patrons will get all of that, as well as our shout out uh, on every episode. Uh, but yeah, so going forward, you know, we're going to have our Marvel episodes here on the main feed, the Assembly Required feed, uh, where we will be recapping the shows as they come out on Disney Plus, recapping the movies once they also get to Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, nothing is changing on the main feed. Yeah, no, no, we're not we're not taking anything away. It is an added bonus for those of you who uh, are so inclined, uh, who would like to hear us talk about more things, get even more off topic than we normally do. Yes. Um, but we'll be putting those, uh, the plan... As of right now, is that uh, last Friday of each month, uh, there will be a bonus episode going exclusively to, to uh, our our patrons. So uh, we will get you more details on that later. We have to set up the RSS feed and everything, uh, but you'll be able to access that through our Patreon website. So yeah, look forward to that. You know, show title to be determined. Topics to be determined, but we've got a little bit of time to determine it. But oh, we've determined. I'm going to talk about Avatar. Okay. People need to know how we feel about Avatar. My cabbages. I'm God. really looking forward to that I think, sequel. I think I, could, uh, <laughs> I think I could watch. If like if somebody was like, oh, you're going to watch one show only for the rest of your life, it would be Avatar. Like I could just sit and watch that show Ooh. over and over would again. Would I pick Avatar? I love it. I mm, Would I pick that? I might pick the good place. Really, uh, that's a good one. I just, good place is really good. I just really like how it makes me feel. Sure, this is really fuzzy. Yeah, but there's just same thing about Avatar for me though. Yeah, except but season two, half of season two, makes me sad. Yeah, but you have to feel some kind of sadness to feel joy. You know what I mean? Like, okay. there's gotta be heavy stuff, Doc. <laughs> there's gotta be, a, and I think I think Good Place does a good job of teaching that lesson as well. Is that yeah, it, yeah. if you are always at a ten, you're never like yeah. it's the same thing as being at a one all the time. I mean, know? Good Place made me sob multiple times, so I mean, there's a lot of sadness there too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, recommendations. Hey, recommendation jingle. Yeah. Does anybody have anything they want to recommend to get our listeners through the rest of their week? Yeah, I'll recommend, uh, since you have a different thing now, I'll recommend the Sonic movies. Nice. Hey, nice. Yeah, we talked we about it before we started recording. Uh, I saw both of them in theaters. Eduardo saw one in theaters or or I think both I only, on Paramount I saw, Plus? I saw both of them streaming later. Yeah, and you need to watch yes, them, Yes, and I sir, haven't watched them yet. Sound Lord. Uh, but they're really good movies. I, I think that they're, they're like fun if you ever played Sonic, but they're also fun if you don't know anything about Sonic because they're just like, the humor's really cool. It's like a little bit meta at times. Like, it's they're just fun movies. The other thing I wanted to say is as a follow-up from last week, I had mentioned that I was going to talk to some friends about organizations to donate to um, regarding, you know, abortions and women's rights to choose. And I did end up finding an organization. Thank you, Lindsay. You have hey. talked to Lindsay on the show before. Nice. Thank you so much Friend for helping me out. 
Um, I went with the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project, which is WRRAP, the acronym. Um, and they focus on funding abortions and emergency contraceptives for people in all 50 states through direct clinic funding. So that is the organization that I supported. Thanks again, Lindsay, for helping me out and giving me great resources. Thanks, there's, Lindsay. there's a bunch of other resources that she shared with me. That's just the organization I picked. And there are probably plenty, plenty more that are, you know, doing great things for the people that need yeah. help. So those are my recs. Chris, what about you? Um, my recommendation, which I should have been thinking about this whole time. Uh, first of all, mini plug again. Angel and I went over and we recorded a guest spot on Where's Mephisto with a friend of the show, Ronaldo. He actually ended up releasing. We talked for three hours about the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. And he ended up releasing. He's releasing it in two parts. And the first part is out today, actually. And it is not locked up behind the paywall. He actually put it on the main films from the Phantom Zone That is four feed. times the episode length. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, amazing. there was a lot to talk about because Angel hasn't been on his show before and we had to talk about our histories with Star Wars and everything. So there was a lot of buildup before we even got to the episode. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so that's actually available. If you go to Films from the Phantom Zone, you can find that you know in any uh, podcast app. And part one is about an hour and a half is out now. So if you want to listen to, you know, three people who have been on this show and also, you know, Berto, who's Arnaldo's co-host, talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Four people who really liked the show. So, you know, go in with that caveat. You know, if you want to hear us talk about that, you can check that out. And I would like to recommend looking around the room. Not Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. That's right. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. Go play it. One of the greatest uh, 3D platformers ever released on the Nintendo 64. A lot better than uh, Donkey Kong 64, which had a terrible camera and too much collection. That's not what I heard. You know it's you know what my favorite song is? The Banjo-Kazooie rap. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. BK. Look, I'm not... Burger King. I'm not saying that the DK <laughs> rap... great chicken fries. ...isn't a masterpiece, okay? I love the DK <laughs> rap. It's it's brilliant. But uh, I like Banjo-Kazooie better. That's fine. That's all. That's all. They're you know, onion we all, rings. We all have our we'll lines in the in sand. First, if you <laughs> shoot your ah, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> There's whoppers, juniors, and chicken fries too. Two. No, I already said chicken fries. Oh, did once. you? Okay. Oh, sorry. I'll stop. Poorly rapping. <laughs> no, you give a recommendation. Eduardo, what are you recommending? Uh, I had already said I'm going to recommend Cuphead, so I'm going to say that. I'm going to recommend Cuphead as well as the Delicious Last Course. If you haven't played Cuphead before, it is a side-scrolling, uh, sh- shooting, bullet hell, like Mega Man, Mega, Mega Man-y type game, but also it's all hand-drawn animation a la the 19... 19- 50s, uh, 20s and 30s, I would 1920s say. 1920s yeah. and 30s. <laughs> uh, Old Disney and Fleischer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, the uh, And I think one a part of Cuphead that gets, I don't think it gets missed, but it doesn't get talked about enough because the visual is so striking, is the soundtrack. Oh, the yes. audio for Cuphead is incredible i listen to that soundtrack it all is the time it is fantastic so good music. so 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 good so highly highly recommend cuphead as well as cuphead the delicious last course and the last thing i'm going to recommend is just like a helpful like tip for everybody you know we're all working from home i uh, i think everybody in this podcast works from home we all sit yep. on our uh, home every day and you know there's a lot of stuff going on at home there's a lot of terror outside but do your best just try to get outside for a little bit just walk around amen 
get outside just be outside you don't necessarily have to go to like a place just be outside somewhere just like enjoy life outside your house trust me you'll 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 feel a world better go touch grass you nerds <laughs> basically <laughs> get the vitamin d come on yeah. what are you there doing you well that's Don't. gonna do it for this episode of assembly require that's gonna do it for myself for peaches for chris we love you 3000 bye everybody excelsior bubbly bubbly No, now we're at 10. All right, Puppy Road, take me home. We got to do our silence, too. Oh, silence. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I wish someone could see us being silent. (laughs) Y'all made fun of me for doing this. I was crazy about it. (laughs) Damn. But you turned your head like... (laughs) You're like Rodin Kinker over here. You're looking at the ceiling. (laughs) I'm looking straight ahead, trying not to look at either of you. I can't look at Damn. you guys without laughing. Yeah, it's weird to do the 20 seconds of silence without the scarecrow in the room with us. <laughs> I pictured it so vividly. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Did you, am I not the only one that had this issue? Like any time in school or when I was in trouble with my family and they said like, no talking, you cannot talk. If Bro, I looked at anybody, oh my I lost God, it. I would uh-huh. laugh so fast. <laughs> I, nothing had to happen. I just so laughed. Fast. And you know when that happens now? <laughs> Whenever anyone, I, I get like that whenever anyone's like be telling their kid not to do something. I think it's so fucking funny because kids, kids are so, they like have no idea, especially like little kids, they have no idea what's going on. So they're like, you can't do that. And they're like, why can't I, you know, put my finger up a butt and then shove it up another kid's nose? Why am I not allowed to do that?